0: talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here
1: can easily understand this
0: is it this is the last one. This is the last episode. The granddaddy of them all. The granddaddy of them all of 2020. Thank you all for tuning in here on Wildcat 919. New music now. This is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, featuring Nate Gray. Nate, this is, this is it. We're going to talk some Cats basketball. We're going to talk Big Boy of the Year. Coming up, uh, I ranked my top five sports moments of 2020. We're going to talk some NFL, some NBA, just to kind of wrap up the year, see where we're at, see where we're going for the future. I'm excited. I think, I think it was – I think overall for sports in 2020, I think it was a solid year with a lot of solid moments, which we'll go into here later on in the show. Stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a weird year. Definitely not – if you would have told me this was how things were going to go um, before the year, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, But I think despite what we were faced with, um, most all the leagues really made the best of it.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. I think you're right with hopefully things will start to, you know, get back to normal, whatever normal is. But let's go ahead and talk before we get too far ahead of ourselves. We do have some more Mm -hmm. recent stuff to talk about, including K-State basketball, which will be getting into the full swing here going into the January February season, K State of course uh, took a tough loss to Baylor. We're talking men here. Took a tough loss to Baylor, uh, losing by, God, what was it, one hundred to sixty nine? It was not. It was not a good game. Good
1: thirty points.
0: It was a good thirty point loss for the men. They bounced back though. Beat Jacksonville seventy to forty six. I think this was a good. Showing it was a good bounce back game against a, against, a, you know, above 500 team in Jacksonville. Nigel Pack led the team in points with 16, followed by Dejuan Gordon with 13. Mike McGrill had 12. It's interesting because there were a lot of, you know, negative comments made to begin the season with the Cats. And everyone was like, they're going to finish last in the Big 12. They're not going to have a good team. I think this is the turning point for K-State right now. I think, you know, obviously I don't think they were going to beat Baylor. That was pretty obvious. Baylor is the number two team in the nation. They're a very, very good basketball team, and they proved it against us. But to come back against, you know, an out-of-conference team, beat Jacksonville quite handily by 26 points, 24 points, you know, I think this was a step in the right direction for the men's team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not ever going to – you expect you expect them to win these games. You expect them to win Jacksonville. Um, you would expect them to win Fort Hayes State. They obviously didn't. So, these are games that in most years I'd say is like a given. Like, you got to win those. Um, but this year with how bad the team has looked at times, take what you get. Uh, I'll take what I can get. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to see them win whenever they win, and I'll celebrate every win looking at some stats for the men
0: right now leading the team in points per game again still Mike McGurl with 12.3 rebounds is Dejuan Gordon at 6.4 Nigel Pack still leading in assists per game with 4.2 Mike still leading in steals uh, with a little over one and Antonio Gordon finally getting up into the team leader spot in blocks with 0.4 Which, you know, isn't very it's only it's only point four blocks. You're leading the team,
1: you're leading the team.
0: (laughs) But, you know, you need other guys to to step up. And I think that's what we're starting to see here. I think Dejuan Gordon is starting to finally find his groove. I think Antonio Gordon is starting to find his groove after, you know, the ridicule. I think it was your ridicule that lit that fire. I I think it was you, Nate. I think you were the one that that lit that fire under Antonio Gordon, and it's what started this better stretch of play for him
1: I hope it was because I mean (laughs) I'm really glad he's doing well because um he's he's part of the part of the cats. so I hope hope he keeps it up Um, it'd be really nice to see more more scoring from from everyone and I'm I'm hoping as this team just continues to grow they all continue to work work well together and he continues to continues to uh, contribute that'd be sweet
0: Before we get on to some K-State women's basketball here, thank you all for tuning in on Wildcat 91.9, new music now, this is Settling the Score, I'm your host, Colin Settle, featuring Nate Gray, this is the last one of the year, this is the last episode of 2020, we got New Year's coming up later on in the show, Big Boy of the Year coming up very soon after the women, after K-State women talk, we have some NBA talk, we have some NFL playoff implication talk and then finally to wrap up the show for the last one of 2020 I went through and picked out some of my favorite moments of the year and we're going to have a few special friends joining us for that segment as well stay tuned you don't want to miss that but now let's get into some K-State women talk they were beat by Texas last week it was, you know, it was, it was a close game. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. They ended up losing by 10, 62 to 52. Texas is ranked 20 in the nation. You know, I don't want to say that I'm surprised because I know I know how good this women's team can be, but Texas is 6-1. and one. They're 1-0 one oh in the conference. I think it's, it's tough, especially going up against, you know, we have Texas that's up there as well at 20 in the nation. In this game, though, you look at uh, the stat sheet here, Chrissy Carr, led the team in points with 13, followed by Rachel Ranke with 10, and then Aoka Lee with 9. So, you know, I think this team has, I, yeah, I don't know, I want to say that it has potential, but I think it comes down to you know the thought again of like how much time are we going to give them to develop and get better it was the same thing you know that we said about the K-State offensive line in football they're they're a young group how long are we going to give them to figure it out you know and obviously this isn't a young group you have a lot of juniors and seniors you have Aoka Lee who's a sophomore now I think they need to figure it out sooner rather than later that's just kind of where I'm sitting right now
1: yeah and The Big 12 um, in men's and women's is a strong, strong conference uh, just in basketball in general. So they're not really going to get any breaks from teams. They're not going to get a ton of uh, gimme wins. So you give them the benefit of the doubt on some stuff because you're like, okay, they're in a really strong conference. It's going to be a tough season. But no, I totally agree. You can't give them forever to to pull it together and figure it out. But, you know, I, I really do think that they'll put it together. And I still think they will be a mid-level um, conference team, kind of like what we talked about earlier. I still think the ceiling for the team is probably like fourth in the Big 12, probably like upper mid. I think anything more than that would be very impressive, but I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, the ceiling for this team is, is I agree, somewhere around the, the fourth to fifth in the Big 12 range. And I think mm-hmm. that the team itself has a lot of potential. You have a lot of, you know, firepower from a lot of different angles and you have some star power at a couple of different positions. But I think, you know, this team needs to figure it out sooner rather than later, or else I don't think they're going to see a lot of success, especially later on in the season when we get into, you know, championship and tournament time.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff where, um, I don't know. You just kind of do have to figure it out sooner rather than later. Like you said, there's not a whole lot of, especially now that you're getting into conference play you've wrapped up all your, I'm not going to say gimmies, but the games that are a little less important to kind of put it together and they've opened up conference play with two tough opponents, Texas and Iowa state. So, but um, it's not really going to get any easier. I know they got Oklahoma, West Virginia, neither of which are, great teams. West Virginia is pretty good. Oklahoma is not that great. And then you have Baylor, who's a top 10 team. So it's not really going to get any easier from here. So you do have to figure it out sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I think we both kind of hit it on the head there, figure it out sooner rather than later. So we don't have struggles and issues later on in the season season. If we figure it out now, we'll have better success later on. I alluded to it earlier. We have some NFL implication talk coming up later on the show and we have Uh, My personal top five favorite moments from 2020 in sports. But before then, we have not just my favorite segment, not just the world's favorite segment, the universe's favorite segment, Big Boy of the Year of 2020, coming up right after this.
2: You're listening to Settle the Score with Colin Settle and Nate Gray, right here on Wildcat 91.9. New music now.
0: This is it. This mate, is the granddaddy of it this is the granddaddy of everything that we've been leading up to throughout the course of this semester. It is time, not just for my favorite segment, not just your favorite segment, not just the stations, not just the world's, not just Manhattan. Manhattan, Kansas is bigger than the world in my mind not just the universes it is just the all-time favorite segment in the history since i think the big bang it's time for big boy of the year if you didn't see i put uh, some polls out on twitter i put some polls out on instagram it was on facebook as well it was kind of all over the place i wanted to get as much of, you know, an, an indication as possible. I took all of the the Big Boy of the Week winners and I put them into a bracket. We only had nine of them. I didn't do Big Boy of the Week throughout, earlier on in the in the semester, but for who we did have, we we ranked them according to who won Big Boy of the Month. That's who got the higher seeds. And then we placed everyone in the bracket. So in the first round, JJ Pegues, the Auburn, Quarterback running back, he's a massive six foot four, 300 pound dude, took down David Bakhtiari, moved on to the next round. Then, Doug Brooks, the Shiner High School, running back, defensive tackle, whatever you want to call him, took down JJ Pease. Chase Young of the Washington football team took down Kendall Lamb. Darius Stills of West Virginia took down Donovan Jeter. And Raquan O'Neal of Rutgers took down Jerome Johnson. So, we have the final four now. Doug Brooks, then takes down Chase Young, Darius Stills, then takes down Raekwon O'Neal. So now we have Doug Brooks, who had 35 rushing yards, two forced fumbles, a blocked punt, a demolishing stiff arm.
1: He did it all.
0: And a touchdown He on, on all phases of the game, special teams defense and offense. It was ridiculous. Versus Darius Stills, who Darius Stills is six foot, six foot one, 290 pounds. This is a big dude, and he flew, I think, six, seven yards through the air to get an interce- a diving interception against KU, and it was phenomenal. But now it all comes down to this. The polls were up throughout last week. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. At Score Settling, at Collins Settle, all over the place on Twitter. And finally, the big boy of the year for 2020. Is
2: and that's blocked. Doug Brooks blocked it. Can he get to it before it goes out of the back of the end zone? He can. Wow. Now to Doug Brooks. Who has oh. A stiff arm. A second oh. stiff arm. And just tricky. Would be tacklers. Down 29-yard line, a gain of 30.
0: It's Doug Brooks, of course. Who, who else would it be? I don't know who else would have won. It. He, he was insane. On all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams, he scored a touchdown, he
1: blocked a punt, he stiff-armed a man. You can't say that wasn't one of the most dominant performances by any of the big guys, by anyone we had. So, I mean, yeah, you really can't. I'm glad the people agree with us because that was – that was phenomenal.
0: I loved it. Apparently, everyone else loved it, too. Darius Stills was uh, up there for a little bit. I think it was, I think it was close on the, uh, on the Instagram poll. It was around 55 to 45 for a little bit. And then Doug Brooks ran away with it. The junior from Shiner High School down south in Texas. Doug Brooks is the big boy of the year. No surprise at all. Before we move into some NFL playoff implications, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 919, New Music Now. I'm your host, Colin Settle. This is Settling the Score featuring Nate Gray. Now, let's get into more NFL and NBA talk here. First, let's talk NFL playoffs. The Chiefs over the weekend clinched the number one seed. They have the first round by. The Steelers are currently sitting in second, and I will say the Steelers are the worst two-seed team I think I've ever seen in my entire life, Nate. This is – the Steelers are not a good football team.
1: They – I mean, they looked pretty awful yesterday for the majority of the game against the Colts, and they they put it together, so credit to them. They came out in the second half, put it together, but I'm really still not convinced with this team. I don't know. They're just not – I mean, you look at their roster, and they're a very talented team. The defense is really good. Offense is strong. But I don't know. They're just, they're, they just haven't been clicking the last month. They've been pretty bad the last month. So I'm still pretty pretty hesitant to really expect much from this team.
0: Following the Steelers, we have the Bills in the hunt currently, the Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts. Are on the bubble. And it's quite interesting because you have the Chiefs are in, the Steelers are in, and the Bills are in. Those are the guys that are in. The Titans might be in. Who knows? The Dolphins might be in. The Ravens might be in. The Browns might be in. And the Colts. The AFC wild card
1: race is wild. It
0: is absolutely, it lives up to the word wild in wild card. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely insane. And if you look at the implications here, I believe that the Titans are in. I could be wrong, but I believe that the Titans are in. Then you have the Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts. And how this is going to work, how uh, the, the beautiful man with the tying glasses that made him look very official on ESPN and NFL last night was explaining this is if the Dolphins win, they're in. If the Ravens win, they're in. If the Browns win, they're in. And if the Colts win, they're in. But the Colts are looking on the outside. So if the Colts win and any of those teams, the Dolphins, Ravens, or Browns lose, the Colts are in. So it's going to be absolutely wild next weekend to see who gets these final spots in the AFC Wild Card weekend extravaganza.
1: Yeah, so I think you're right. You're absolutely right. I think the, the only three teams that don't need any help are the Browns, the Colts, and um, the Ravens. However, the Titans are in a weird spot because they're, they're, they're leading the division, and they can, they, they can win their division as long as they win next week. But if they lose, there's a possibility that the Titans, who we've been looking at as like a top AFC team for most of the year, might not even make the playoffs. So if they lose next week, they can, and they're playing the Texans, I believe, who are not good as their record would show, but they hung with the Colts. They're a talent. They have Deshaun Watson. They have a fairly talented team. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could be a real good game. Next weekend is going to be so much fun. I'm already so excited for next weekend.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. You look over to the NFC now. You have the Packers still in first. They clinch their division, but do not – have the first spot locked in yet because the Seahawks won their game last night on, on Sunday night, the saints currently are sitting in number two and the Seahawks are sitting at third. The Buccaneers are also in. And then this is where things start to get weird. You have the Washington football team who is six and nine, but they're leading the NFC East right now. So they're in. The Rams are nine and six, second in the West, and they are in. And the Bears, Dub Bears, are eight and seven, and they're second in the NFC North right now. The Vikings and Lions both being eliminated from playoff contention. The Vikings being eliminated this weekend. Then on the bubble, looking in from the outside, we have the Arizona Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants. And this is where it gets weird. Because if you look at the NFC East, if Washington wins, they're in. But if the Cowboys win or the Giants win and Washington loses, then one of those two teams will get in. Most likely the Giants is what I'm thinking in my mind, possibly the Cowboys. But the Rams, I think, pretty much have, have a locked spot here. And I think the Bears will most likely get a lock spot after beating the jaguars yesterday
1: let's see who do the rams play did you say is it uh would they i they believe mean, they play arizona
0: around? i could be wrong
1: arizona i think that is right so because then
0: if arizona beats the rams then arizona is in and then the rams are out i believe is what
1: so they're playing for a spot possibly because if arizona wins yeah i think
3: that then is they, right. then
0: they would be both teams would be nine and seven and then Arizona would hold the tiebreaker over the Rams, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I'm just
1: looking. There's a whole picture. load of stuff. It's a, whole,
0: it's a whole load of stuff.
1: Because if Arizona wins, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, well, I don't know if that game is really a gimme for the Rams because Arizona, they're both playing for their playoff lives, but Jared Goff is not expected to play, I don't think.
3: Yeah,
0: he dislocated, he broke, his broke his thumb, his thumb yeah. or something like that. He also had just probably one of Off. the worst passes I think I've ever seen that got intercepted by Quandre Diggs. It was, it was god awful. It was one of the worst things I think I've ever seen in my life. Hide yeah. your children. He just had a bad game. Hide your wives. It, no one needs to, to see that. Yeah. Put the kids to bed because yeah. no one needs to see that, that horrible pass by Jared Goff. But I I agree. I think, I think the Cardinals are, you know, the hotter team, even though I think they took a loss to the 49ers, you know, Kyler Murray almost got, you know, I think he did get hurt, but Cliff Kingsbury came back and said, no, it's not that serious. So I don't know. I still think the Cardinals are a hot team. I think it's, but you know, just talking in, in terms of, Hey, who's going to, you know, fight the hardest to get into the playoffs. I think, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be on my radar. The Washington football team are going to be my, on my radar. The Bears look good, which is scary, and I don't like that when the Bears look good. As a Packers fan, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather play Detroit, but granted, everyone would rather play Detroit. But I don't know. The Bears look weirdly good in terms of December, January football.
1: Yeah, no, I. they're really pulling it together, which is impressive. And I know you don't, I, I really wanted the Packers to clinch the first round by this week, because I just want Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs. I just think it'd be so funny after all the hate bears fans have been giving him for him to bring him into the playoffs. And, you know, for a Packers fan, this, the bears in the playoffs might be what you need because rumor has it, they're going to extend Mitch if he makes the playoffs and you want Mitch in in that division, I would think, right? I mean, I I don't know how
0: to feel about Mitch Trubisky because he's he's really hot when he's hot, but then he's also just terribly cold. When he's he's cold.
1: crazy inconsistent, and
0: yeah. he's just crazy inconsistent. I think that's that's definitely the better word of what I was trying to go for there. But yeah, Mitch Trubisky is just very inconsistent. And you saw what he did back in 2018 when they won the won the division, but you also saw what he did earlier on this season when he got benched and he's just, I don't know. I, I might take him over some other quarterbacks in the league right now, but I definitely would take others over Mitch Trubisky, even, even if they were on, you know, losing teams, say Deshaun Watson, just for example. But that is currently how, The playoff looks right now, the outlook right now for the NFL playoffs, you have the Chiefs and Packers up top, followed by the Steelers Saints, Bills Seahawks are all who are in. I believe the Buccaneers are also in as well. They have clinched a spot here in the playoffs. I'm excited to see how, you know, everything turns out here. I'm, I'm Nate, I am beyond excited. I think after a long, a long 2020, I think this is exactly what we needed.
1: Yeah. And you know, the NFL has done such a great job this year because while there hasn't been, well, there have been little gimmicks and weird stuff that happened. that were just out of their control. Really. um, They've done such a great job getting the season off. um, And I know there's still a week left in playoffs and, you know, heaven forbid that there's a there's massive outbreaks during the playoffs and that gets screwed up. But, um, I don't know. The NFL's done such a great job so far, and I'm so glad that we made it through the year somewhat normal. I know there's been some weird instances, but somewhat normal.
0: Before we get into some NBA talk right now, just real quick, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 919. New music now, this is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, featuring Nate Gray. Looking at the NBA standings here real quick, you go to the Eastern Conference, the Magic are sitting up top along with the Cavs and Pacers, all at 3-0. The Hawks are also 2-0 right behind them. Then you go down to the bottom. The Wizards are 0-3. The Bulls are 0-3. Pistons and Raptors are 0-2 as well. Then you go to the Western Conference. The Thunder sit alone up top as the Kings (laughs) at 1-0 above every other team, followed by the Pelicans and Clippers who are 2-1 and a bunch of other teams below them who are also two and one. Then you go to the very bottom here. You have the Grizzlies at 0 and 2, the Nuggets at 0 and 2, and the Rockets at 0 and 1. The Warriors and Mavericks are also sitting towards the bottom at 0.33% on the season, sitting at 1 and 2 as well. Nate, just a quick damage control question here. Is there anything that concerns you, surprises you, catches you off guard a little bit by what we've seen so far? through the beginning of the NBA season.
1: I'm not going to say it catches me off guard because I, you, it's kind of what everyone expected, but the Nets are really good. And I know they lost a game, but the Nets are, are like, you watch them. like I'm a big Celtics fan. I was watching the Celtics Nets game on Christmas day. Celtics were hanging with them for most of the game. And what, what really did surprise me about them actually is that Kevin Durant looks like he was never hurt. I mean, he took over that game in the third quarter And he is just such a freak of nature, like watching him and watching LeBron play are very similar. Like when LeBron has his back against the wall and needs to make a play, like needs to get to the basket. Like he's just such an athletic freak. And like Katie is the same way. Like when he needs a bucket, like he just looks like a freak. And it doesn't make sense how he makes some of these plays. There was a there was a point in the third quarter where I think he had like 10 straight points for the Nets, at least, like where he just completely was taking over. So, yeah, I, that was, that's one thing that really caught me off guard is him coming off an injury. I mean, he already looks like MVP level, Kevin Durant.
0: I agree. I think he has a very nice supporting cast around him as well with Kyrie Irvin. You have DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think this team is, I don't want to say very complete. I think that they have a lot of good players in the right spots, but I wouldn't call them, you know, I don't think there's really any team in the NBA right now that's a fully complete team that really stands out from the rest so far in my mind, at least, I think I agree with you there, that the nets are probably one of the better teams right now, even though they do have a loss on, you know, the, the record sheet there, they are two and one, but I think later on down the stretch, when we've seen these players, you know, heat up in the past, I think we'll start to see them heat up again And I agree with you. I think we're going to see the Nets – I don't want to say take over, you know, the Eastern Conference, but I do think that they will be one of the better teams in the East this season.
1: And I think they should personally be the favorites because um, you look at the teams you'd expect to be the best. Miami, um, they're coming off a finals run, but I don't know how strong they really are. Um, So that will remain to be seen. That could have just been a weird bubble – gimmick um the bucks look like frauds um they just i don't know they don't really they hung in there with the Celtics but they choked at the end of the game um they lost to the Knicks by 20 points last night so not sold on them um and Philadelphia on paper should be really really good especially I love Doc Rivers so that's a great hire for them but I can't stand Philadelphia. So I don't really think, I don't really want to say they're a contender, um, but they should be on paper. But I think that being a Philadelphia sports team, they'll always find a way to choke. So um, I don't know. Depends.
0: I'm just really excited to see what this season has to offer. We'll see what happens. It's very early on. It's a long season, but who knows? These are just our initial thoughts, Mm -hmm. but I alluded to it earlier, coming up right after this. We're coming down to to the end of the wire here. It's coming down to the end of the year. We're wrapping up 2020, moving into 2021. I wanted to take a look back and count down my top five sports moments from 2020, coming up right after this.
2: You're listening to Settle the Score with Colin Settle and Nate Gray, right here on Wildcat 91.9. New music now. We're
0: back. This is it. The final segment of 2020. I'm counting down my top five personal favorite sports moments from the year of 2020. And I said earlier that we will be having a few friends join us throughout here, a few guests that we had throughout. Uh, The semester, throughout the year that that I talked to here on the show, I wanted them to be able to come back, you know, spread the love a little bit. So later on, we'll hear from them, kind of intermixed with my thoughts as well. But let's not, you know, dodge around it anymore. Let's kick it off here with my number five personal favorite, you know, sports moment from 2020. And no pun intended, not to dodge around it, it's the Dodgers. And they're just beautiful playoff run. They were down three to one in the playoffs, going towards that World Series championship against the Braves. They came back, won that, and then they beat the Rays. I think just, you know, this playoff run in general being down, you know, I think a three to one deficit is always fun to watch. I think, you know, it's just the ultimate comeback story. And I think that's ultimately what was so. You know appealing to me in watching you know this World Series playoff run that the Dodgers put on
1: yeah, and I mean the MLB playoffs in general were really entertaining, and uh, one of the coolest parts I thought was i'm I really don't like the Houston Astros, just considering all the cheating and stuff that came out about them um, and what I loved about their their playoff run um is that they made their conference or their league championship. They went down 3-0 and they came all the way back. They became like the third team in MLB history to come back from down 3-0, but they became the only team in MLB history to come back from 3-0 and lose game seven, I believe. Or no, I think one team's done it before. I don't know. I just really like that because I don't like them, and I think it's funny they came all the way back and lost. But, you know, the Dodgers – That was super impressive. Um, I think they were kind of the odds-on favorite just because of how talented their roster is. I mean, one to to nine, there's not really a weak part of their their lineup, so they're a super strong team, even with some guys that opted out because of COVID. Um, But, man, I mean, they showed some real resilience, and they won their games in super exciting fashion. So props to them.
0: Number five goes to the L.A. Dodgers, for their incredible playoff run and then eventually winning the World Series against the Rays. Before we go to number four, I'm going to toss it over to one of my favorite guests that I had on the show throughout the year,
4: Ryan Gilbert from GoPowerCat.com. Hey, Colin. uh, Appreciate you having me on the show. Um, I, I think my answer to this would probably have to be the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm sure you're probably going to get that answer a lot. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different avenue on this. Um, I, I'm just thankful that we had sports in 2020. I think if you look back in probably August and July when, you know, it was really, really in jeopardy if we were going to have college football, um, you know, any sort of collegiate sports at all. So I'm, I'm just thankful and I'm, I'm proud that, you know, we were able to come, come together as a country And and really play sports. Um, You know, I was in Kansas City back in March when the Big 12 shut down. Um, You know, everything was normal. Um, It was actually my birthday when K-State was playing TCU. They picked up a win. Um, You know, Sprint Center was full of probably 10,000 fans. And then during that game, you had, I I remember Rudy Govert tested positive for the Jazz. Um, And and then the Big 12 announced there would be no fans for the remainder of the tournament. And then you had, I think it was Texas Tech warming up the next morning for their game. And then that eventually got canceled. And then everything just started falling. Um, and our country was shut down for months. But, you know, it's crazy to look back at that and, and where we are now and, you know, how we've developed and how we've really gotten through this and how the end is near. So, you know, my favorite memory overall is just that we're able to have sports um, I don't know what I'd do without them. And and quite honestly, even though it was a really bad memory, I think that, you know, thirty years from now I'm gonna look back um on my birthday when I was in Kansas City and think, wow, this was I mean, one of the most historic days in United States history when everything started shutting down. So um I'll go with that as my answer. Um the, the K-State win, you know, ending out the season, victorious over TCU. And, and just having sports in general, um, as well as the, as the Chiefs Super Bowl win. But uh, that's it for me, man. Thank you. That was Ryan Gilbert,
0: yet again, from GoPowerCat.com, talking about, you know, when the world essentially just got shut down because of COVID. It was, it was I think, a monumental thing, something that's never happened before. And I think K-State winning – in the in the Big 12 championship was just a great way to finish off that season. Even though they didn't get to play the rest of the tournament, I think that K-State winning in the first round of the Big 12 tournament in you know Kansas City, I think it was a great a great, you know send off to those seniors if since that was their their last game playing for K-State.
1: Yeah, and I mean that was that was one of the most ridiculous 24 hours I've ever seen because it was just like in the matter of even less than that, in the matter of like four or five hours, like the entire world just stopped and I've never seen anything like that. And I don't know if I ever will. So, um, I mean, as much as that isn't a good moment. Yeah. It was kind of fun that, I mean, K-State were the impromptu conference champs. So, uh, you know, he might've been the worst team in the conference, but Hey, we won the last game played in the conference tournament, so.
0: We finished think, on top, and that's all that matters. Top. That's, all, that's all that matters. Moving on to number four, my fourth personal favorite moment, sports moment throughout 2020 is.
4: You know, it's, it's a dream come true. It's, you know, it's, as a kid, you know, always
2: dreamed about,
0: you know, being a Masters champion. It's hard to talk. You've earned this right. <laughs> Dustin Johnson finishing 20 under ahead by five strokes, winning the masters in just glorious fashion. It was absolutely beautiful. I had a lot of fun watching the masters. It was when, you know, we had all, all the sports were kind of going on at at one time and to have DJ win just that commandingly over the course of those, you know, four days in the weekend, 20 under to win the masters. That is that, I don't know it just kind of leaves me speechless a little bit
1: yeah i mean i don't watch much golf i'll be honest there but i I watch enough to know that that kind of stuff doesn't really happen so to see that is really impressive um and to be able to say that like yeah i saw that uh, in my lifetime i saw um, something crazy like that um is super cool before we get into number three I want to toss it
0: over to another good friend that I made. I feel like a lot of – I made. if there's one thing to take away from 2020, I feel like I made a lot of friends. And I think that's, you know, at least a, a positive to take out of, you know, a lot of, you know, the bad stuff that kind of happened this year is, you know, I, I feel like I made a lot of friends. And one of those friends that, you know, I'm really glad I got the chance to talk to, you. he was on the show, is Scott from the Boscos. Boys, he's back. I'll toss it over to him.
3: What's going on, everyone? This is Scott McFarlane from Bosco's Boys Podcast. Colin reached out to me and wanted me to send over some of my top spot sports moments of the year 2020. What a crazy year it was. I think uh, one of the biggest moments is just when we started to get sports back. Uh, I, I will never forget that there were days that you could wake up you know, at 7 in the morning and start watching you know, European soccer, and then you're going to get MLS and NBA and uh, even baseball a little bit later. I, I'll i never forget, uh you know, the, the pure elation as a sports fan when sports started to come back after, you know, the pandemic. And, you know, we went, you know, what, a good two, three months without any sports at all. So I'll never forget even waking up and watching Korean League baseball uh when when they were the first major sport to come back so uh that that's a big one another one if you want to get k-state specific is again beating oklahoma this time on the road uh back to back years big comeback versus at the time number i think three or four team in the nation that's an all-time great win and another great feather in the cap for Coach Kleiman and Skylar Thompson as well. And then, of course, the final one I'll mention, it's the one that really uh, sticks out, and I think it'll always stick out for the year 2020. Going back to February, you don't know what COVID is. You're not worried about a worldwide pandemic. I'd never worn a mask before, and I didn't worry about kissing strangers in the streets. It's the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Again, as a lifelong uh, Chiefs fan, my parents met at a Chiefs game uh, I was born on the day of a Chiefs game. Uh, the Chiefs you know, run through me just as deep as K-State do, so winning that Super Bowl has to be one of the greatest moments uh, in the year 2020. I was fortunate enough to be at the AFC Championship game two weeks before that and seeing Patrick Mahomes on that massive run to t- take the lead right before halftime after being down 10 points twice in the first half. That was a moment I haven't felt since, uh, you know, Alex Gordon's home run to send the Royals to extra innings in World Series game one. So uh, just a great moment. And again, in such a crappy year of 2020, um, you know, it's it's good to look back at some of those good sports memories. So to everyone listening, uh, have a happy new year. Hope everyone had a safe and healthy holiday. And uh, I hope Colin will bring me on in 2021, and I hope to hear from you all soon. Uh, again, this is Scott McFarland from Bosco's Boys Podcast, and I uh, hope you guys are enjoying the final final show of 2020. Thanks, and go Cats.
0: Again, that was Scott from the Bosco's Boys. I had a lot of fun talking to him. He was a guy that, you know, because I've listened to the Bosco's Boys. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs, and I'm glad that I finally got to take, you know, the time out to, to get to sit down and talk with Scott, I didn't get to talk with Grant, but it was it was a lot of fun. They, he's a guy that I'm a big fan of, and I'm glad that we got to, uh, to know each other a little bit better there. Moving on to number three, my third favorite moment in sports from 2020 goes to- What a signature win though, this
4: time winning on the road at Oklahoma. 38-35 Kansas State. Defeats the third-ranked team in the nation.
0: This might be one of my favorite K-State games I think I've ever gotten to watch. I think, in my mind, it's up there with K-State beating Oklahoma last year. I think, you know, if I had to, if I had to recall my memory to some of my favorite K-State victories over the last few years, I think this one, K-State beating Oklahoma in Norman, In 2020, I think K-State beating Oklahoma in 2019. I think the 2017 Iowa State game is up there for me. The 2015 Iowa State game is up there for me. And gosh, I I don't know. Those four are the ones that really stick out to me in recent memory, you know, without going too far back here, that that just strike a chord, you know, that really – You know, when I think about K-State football, those are the memories that I like to have.
1: To beat Oklahoma once is really impressive. To go two years in a row against a a team that's known for being a national power like Oklahoma is super impressive. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think, personally, those two games, the last two years against Oklahoma, have been my favorite games of the year, just being big underdogs. No one really expects them to win, um, and they've just found a way both times.
0: Before we get into number two and number one, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 91.9, new music now. This is Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, featuring Nate Gray. Now, my number two favorite sports moment from 2020, I think has to go to the Los Angeles Lakers for winning the NBA championship especially after you know everything that happened earlier on this year with the death of Kobe Bryant that was I think that was just a big you know it it was a shock I remember you know it's one of those things where it's like you know where were you when this happened I remember I was sitting in my room and my roommate Garrett shout out Garrett came into my room and he's like hey did you see the news and I was like no well what are you talking about and he told me and I I thought he was I thought it was a joke if I'm being completely honest I thought he was you know just joshing but no that that actually happened and it I think it really you know shook the world into into really kind of the state that it became I think that's really what kind of set it off but for the Lakers to be dominant the rest of the season to go out and win the championship that, you know, in that, the fashion that they did, I think that really, you know, cemented that, that legacy of this team. And especially during this year when, and with everything that happened, I think that really, you know, showed that the Lakers want, they really wanted it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I absolutely hate the Lakers. Uh, I'm a Celtics fan, so I, I've never liked the Lakers, and I never will. But, I mean, it is it is cool, I will say, because the Kobe thing was so sad. Uh, that was still one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Um, that is the only, like, celebrity death that I've ever, like, um, actually felt very, like, emotional about and actually, like, been very, very, like, sad about um, just because of the impact he had, like, on – the world really and just because seeing like I don't know his daughter passed away with him and the impact that that had on his family and it was just so sad but um so it is cool the Lakers won um I still don't didn't want them to win but it is cool that in a year like this they 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 did that
0: I agree I agree we have yet but one final moment my personal favorite moment of 2020 in the sports world. But before we do that, I have one more guest that I I'm just really glad that I got to know over the course of the year. I work for him over at News Radio KMAN. He came on the show a few times over the course of the year.
2: It's John Kurtz. All right, well, I know everybody is going Chiefs here because let's be honest, that was the best moment of 2020. The Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and winning it in the fashion that they did. Come from behind fashion with Mahomes leading the charge. I broke a damn light fixture at my friend's house celebrating it. It was a night that I'll never forget. Uh, Truly amazing. And if I were being completely honest, that would be number one. But I do have a close second here and something that deserves to be remembered that I think is easy to forget for a couple of reasons. That is January 1st, 2020. Yes, that's right. New Year's Day 2020, a day after K-State loses the Liberty Bowl uh, to Navy in a very disappointing game. They got a commitment from Jake Rubley and that's an easy one to forget because one he's signed now and so much has happened two um, in the world obviously with the way this year has gone and three it was just it was literally the first day of 2020 so it's easy to forget that that actually occurred in this year that we're currently living in Um, but to me this was so symbolic aside from the obvious of getting a commitment of a guy that you hope is an nfl quarterback like his father and somebody you turned into the ringleader of the 2020 class but man To lock down a kid who's a four-star QB that had an LSU offer showed that this staff really does have some chops when it comes to recruiting. Uh, They had done, I think, some nice things recruiting-wise before this, but nothing to this level. It had all been very incremental improvement. This was a real sign that this coaching staff is here to legitimately compete for Big 12 championships because they can go get kids like this now at the most important position out there on the football field so the fact that you were able to lock down the highest rated quarterback recruit and recruit period that k-state has landed since josh freeman about 14 years ago on the first day of 2020 that to me deserves to be revered as one of the very best moments of 2020 for anybody who is a k-state fan chiefs fan northeast kansas sports fan that was very symbolic to me of this staff being legit and proving that they have the chops to really hack it in the Big 12. So that's what I'm gonna go with, Colin. We'll send it back to you. I I really like John. John, I think
0: is is I think I can call a, a good friend of mine. John's a really smart guy. He knows a lot about K-State sports. He graduated from K-State, big broadcasting guy. He's oh, he's just super smart. I, I'm really glad that I got to know John over the course of the year. And I'm glad that you know he was able to, to take the time out and come here on the show but we do have one final moment from 2020 that i think just encapsulates everything that happened over the course of 2020 and put it into one moment and just really made things worthwhile when everything's in the dark you search for the light and this was the light but before i do that i know i'm i'm teasing it pretty hard thank you to Ryan, to Scott, to John for counting down, you know, giving some of their favorite moments. Thank you, Nate, for a a beautiful year, for a fun year. And thank everyone else for listening. This is my personal favorite number one sports moment of 2020. What are we thinking? Do we have time to run Wasp? It's it's the Wasp. I I think that's just... The, the best way to encapsulate. I think, you know, not only with the Wasp, I think the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was, I don't know. It was just, it was just fun to watch. It was a fun season. It was fun to watch a team that, that dominated that hard and go through this immaculate playoff run that they went through. I think it was just a beautiful, just a beautiful moment. You're down... You know, how many scores at that point, it's 3rd and 15. This is the last ditch effort in my mind. I think if Tyreek Hill does not catch that ball on the jet chip wasp play, the Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl in my mind.
1: Yeah, and I – this team is one of the, my favorite sports teams ever, um, if not my favorite, up there with the 2015 Royals um, because them and the 2015 Royals had the same – attitude of just like they are never out of a game and I saw the Royals so many times facing elimination would pull something out crazy comeback, and the Chiefs did the same thing and I just think it's really cool that both teams just had this never give up attitude they were never down no matter how much they were down they were never out of the fight Um, and I mean it was it was really really impressive and yeah that ball that play is watching that game before that play, I was kind of in that, oh crap, this looks really bad. Um, but once that he caught that ball, I was kind of in that mindset of, okay, we're, all we need is a score and we're only down three points. So um, yeah, that, that play was probably the most crucial play of the game.
0: I think it was the most crucial play of that entire playoff run. I think mm-hmm. you can say as well, because you know
1: it was the spark it was the spark the that they got yeah. them
0: to the f- i think yeah i think that's a really good way to put it cuz you're you're down a few scores early on in you know the divisional round then you're down a few more scores just a little bit to the titans in the conference championship and then you're down two scores again in the super bowl so i think just being able to come over those deficits and being able to you know, overcome all that, like, like you were saying, to be able to face adversity and all that stuff, I think it's just, I don't know, that playoff run, I think, was something that I personally don't think is ever going to happen again. I think the 2019-2020 Chiefs team was probably one of the better teams that we've seen over the past few years. In terms of just offensive firepower, you can say what you want about the Chiefs defense, but... In terms of just offensive firepower, I think the 2019-2020 Chiefs were phenomenal. And I think they got, you know, even better going into 2020. But I think the wasp play in my mind is really what, like you said, it was the spark that got them over the edge. And I think that's just the way to look at it. You know, you look at you look at 2020, your back's against the wall, you're down, you think you're you think you're out. It's not over, baby. You got Tyreek Hill, the fastest guy in the league, wide open, great route running skills, makes the catch. That's the spark that the Chiefs needed to get over the hump and eventually win the Super Bowl and be crowned the best team in the NFL. And that is why that is my number one sports moment from 2020. We're wrapping it up. This is, this is it for 2020. Good. Nate, do you have any closing words that you would like to say before, you know, the new year rings its bell and we are thrusted into 2020?
1: I mean, just glad we made it through. I know there were some times where everyone was like, is this real life? Um, It is real life, was real life. Uh, And I think things are looking promising for this next year. I think we're moving in the right direction um, with everything that's going on in in the world. Uh, And, you know, I just hope that we can keep moving in the right direction and hopefully things are getting back to normal this next year. And I just I hope to see live sports again. I hope to be able to go to some Chiefs games next fall. So
0: I would also like to go to some games as well. I do want to see Aaron Rodgers in person before he retires, ultimately within these next few seasons. And that's a discussion that we can have next year on (laughs) on what the, uh, the fate of Aaron Rodgers is after this season. But from myself, you know, thank you, Nate, for this awesome year. This was fantastic. I wanted to thank Zant, Claire, Isaiah, all the, everyone that does all the production stuff here at Wildcat 919, New Music Now, Ian Pundit, the director, great guy, does a great job, helped me out a lot this year as well. You know, they, they, there's just a lot, you know, that, that happened this year. And you know, we wouldn't make it without the help of others. So to all those that that helped here at the station walk out 919, to you, Nate, to Ryan Gilbert, to Scott from the Bosco's boys, to John Kurtz, everyone that, that came on the show that helped out. I just wanted to send a big thank you to everyone that really helped get this show, you know, on the air where it is. So I appreciate, you know, all those guys and I appreciate everyone listening as well. This is, it's been a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun this year. We've grown a lot. We, (laughs) we weren't very good in the beginning, but we've gotten better. I think that's very fair to say. I think improvement is just the biggest thing. And that's something that I really want to, you know, try to do in the future is to make this show as good as possible. So for the final time of 2020, Nate, do you have any parting words before we sign off?
1: Oh really. I think I, I think I hit it all with the, the, the year wrap-up. Just excited for the next year. Let's get it.
0: Let's get it. I, I like that. That'll be, that'll be the motto for, for 2021. Let's get it. For the last time in 2020, thank you all for tuning in here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. This has been Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, featuring Nate Gray. You can find the show on Twitter, at Score Settle. You can find me on Twitter, at Colin Settle. And we will see you in 2021.